Hey, welcome back, everybody. Uh, Sarcasm Speaks, Jared and Bob here. Uh, we are doing back-to-back shows tonight. So this is the first one. This is tomorrow's episode. So really nothing changes for you if you're listening on Monday. Um, but because of that, we are in the middle, well, <clears throat> kind of at the end of the tour championship. Uh, so we have... Victor Hovland and Xander Shoffley are what? Are they still within like three strokes? Yeah, I think it's three because Shoffley sucks. Yeah, Shoffley was on fire. He like birdied what, like four holes in a row or something like that. Um, then Hovland hit a couple really long par putts. And now they're just kind of like cruising. So it what looks are like. On? Are they on CBS? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say with the stupid ass fucking rain delay they had. Yeah, it should have been done by now. Apparently, people can't fucking read a fucking weather forecast. Yeah, that was just dumb, right? Like we talked about that. Like the there was that was ended up being what almost like a two hour delay, something like that. <clears throat> Sounds good. Sounds good. Um, right. Like, how do you not just start the groups at seven a.m. Right, six forty-five. Six like first tee goes off at six fifty, right? Like, and if you want to do threesomes, whatever, do threesomes, right? Like, it, you can you can get the whole field out uh, if you start at six fifty by like eight thirty, and then the whole thing would wrap up right around one o'clock. Yeah, but then it's not in the viewing window again. It's all TV contracts, but right, it's just annoying that. You know, it's almost seven o'clock and there's still about three holes to play. And I mean, they're going to be, I mean, they should they're be, be able a, to have be a, time, but they're going to be running be against, out of daylight. Yeah, they're going to be against it. And I also think the final pairing is not playing overly quick. No. It looks like Wyndham Clark is on 18. They're only on 16. Yeah. Is he the group in front of them? <clears throat> I want to say he is. I really don't know off the top of my head. Yeah. Yeah. So that's going to be interesting. They're going to be kind of fighting against the sunset here. And I would say it's like, oh, well, if they go to a playoff, well, they don't have to worry about that because Shoffley has no balls. Yeah. He just hit his tee shot in the fucking bunker. What? On 17? They're on 16. Am I I behind? No, I just. I'm way ahead. No, it's behind me. So I just looked really quickly and I saw Shoffley was standing in the bunker. Oh, yeah. He might have hit that on the green. Okay. <clears throat> I didn't know if he was actually in the bunker or what the fuck he was doing, but he was standing in the bunker. Just going in there for fun. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of the tour championship, um, we talked a little bit briefly kind of about this through text the other day, but. The tour championship in and of itself is, in my opinion, goofy as fuck um, and doesn't make a ton of sense because so for anyone that that doesn't watch golf or doesn't follow golf, um, you know, they play all season long. It's the FedEx Cup. Like, you know, every event is worth however many points, right? Like an average event is 500. The um, the majors are 600. And then, you know, it staggers from there. So first gets 500, second gets 
whatever 350 or whatever the fuck it is uh, and it goes down through there um and then when it gets to the playoffs there's three playoff events each win is worth 2000 points right so um the playoff wins are a lot more important but when it comes to the last event which is this the tour championship they do a staggered start which means whoever is in first in the FedEx Cup points starts at 10 under par already and then second place is eight under third is is it just third is six or like three through five is six and then i think it's like the top i think the top 10 gets something and then 20 through 30 are all even yeah so i don't know it's it goes it goes through there and it's like okay i understand the reasoning behind like the thought process is you know they want the regular season to mean something right so if you uh if you play well in the regular season and you're in first place in the FedEx Cup points like the advantage then is that you start with a better you know better stroke on the the championship weekend right but in and of itself i think it's kind of fucking goofy and kind of stupid right cuz you know i i know they're these guys are professionals but you're kind of splitting hairs with some of these guys. So you're going to take someone like, and we'll get to this, right? Cause obviously Scotty shit himself, but Joke. you're going to take someone like a Scotty Scheffler who was first in the FedEx cup points and start him at the tournament at 10 under. Right. And then you have a guy like uh, Xander Shoffley, right. Who starts three under because of his stand, his, you know, standing position. Normally, right. Y- you know, how the fuck is a guy going to be able to make up seven strokes on a professional, right? Like they're all professionals. So it's not like, you know, I've got to make up seven strokes on you. Right. And you could just have a bad day, right? Like it's, these guys are all professionals. So from that standpoint, I don't know. I think it's kind of dumb and it's kind of goofy. Um, I heard something the other day on a podcast that I was listening to. Um, it was actually, uh, I think it was the Betsperts Golf podcast that I was listening to. They were talking about, fine, you want to take the staggered start, cool. But like start the event on like a Wednesday and do two rounds. So right now, the 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 last round is 30 people, right? So the playoffs, to get to the playoffs, the top 70 make it to the play the first round and then the top 50 in the standings go to the second weekend and then the top 30 in the standings play this weekend in the tour championship. So what I heard proposed was kind of going back to the old model where before this year it was 120 like the three playoff events were 125, 70 and then 30. This year it went 70, 50, 30. So they propose go back to the 125. Um, you know, if you do like one 125, 75, and then the tour championship would be 64. So you start the tournament on a Wednesday, you play two rounds of stroke play. So on Wednesday, uh, yeah, Wednesday, Thursday is stroke play, and you have the staggered start, right? And then you take the top 
64, right? You rank everyone through one through 64, and then it's match play through there. Or I forget exactly. This was like last week when I listened to it. So I, now that I'm saying it, I think ranking one through 64 for match play is too much. I think that's too much match play. Um, so maybe it was like one through 16. Uh, so the the top 16 guys move on to match play. But then Saturday, Sunday, you have Matt or Friday, Saturday, Sunday, sorry, because you're starting on Wednesday. So Wednesday, Thursday is the stroke play with the staggered start. Friday, Saturday, Sunday is the match play of however many guys, you know, whether it's one through 16 or um, from there, which I actually don't think is a bad idea. So. <clears throat> they're not the only people that propose match play for this. And there's a couple of reasons why match play will never happen. So it's actually, it, it sucks because I think it would make for a good event. I think it would make for good TV. Uh, it'll never happen. There is a 0.000% chance of them ever going to match play for the tour championship. One reason being, if you're trying to identify who's been the best player all year and you want to reward the regular season, it can't be match play because any one of these guys can beat another one of these guys. So, you know, if Scotty Scheffler's the one and fucking Taylor Moore is the 64, Taylor Moore could pop him in the first round. Right. So now you're trying to, so like if we're thinking like with, whether you want to think of it as identifying the best player right now or trying to reward regular season performance, either one, you can't go to match play because you're just going to get something weird. Um, now, ultimately, by the end of it, you may get the best player, but you might not. And that's like, that's what happens. Like even in the USAM most recently, USAM is 36 hole stroke. Then they seed one through, I think it's 64. It's gotta be 64. So they seed one through 64. The final match was 41 versus 47. Yeah. So you're not rewarding shit in that situation. Right. Um, and then my other issue is a pure logistic. They're not going to play that much golf. Yeah. Because that's what some people want. Some people want the USAM format. Well, the USAM format's 36-hole stroke play over two days. And then you play a match. I want to say you play two matches the next day. And this is assuming you win everything. You play two matches the next day, two matches the day after that. That gets us from 64 to 32, 16 to 8. Nope. So you get one match, then two, then two, and then 36 holes is the final. That's the USAM format or very close to it. Yeah. These guys are not playing that much golf. It's way too much golf for them. Yeah. And now what do you got? And now some people are like, well, what's wrong with what? Why can't they play more golf? It's not that they can't. It's not that they shouldn't. It's that they won't. It won't happen. Right. Like you cannot use the USAM format for these guys. It's just not going to happen. Um, and match play doesn't accomplish the goal that they're seeking out. So it's like a lot of people keep saying, it's like, oh, it should be match play, it should be match play, it should be match play. It's never going to be match play. It's not. 
your best chance would be the PGA championship for some reason decides it wants to switch to match play. That would be your best opportunity because it used to be match play back in the day. Um, but I just don't, I just don't think it's going to happen because if you want cause if you're a tournament sponsor or a host or whatever, your best bet of getting the best players there at the end is stroke play because match play can hide some shit. Stroke play can't hide anything. So whoever's playing the best will prevail at the end of it. That's that. And that's it. That's, that's how that works. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, like if you like, dude, if you try to explain the tour championship to somebody, it's fucking crazy. Like, you can't like you like you're trying to explain like net events and head starts and yeah <laughs> and it's just like i don't know what the fuck they should do because nobody liked i think they should fucking abolish the fedex cup is that that's truthfully what they should do well yeah because they a couple of years ago they made it they changed the rules so that each fedex cup each playoff event um was worth 2000 points because what, what year well, was no, it they, they, someone they, won the tour cha- like the tour championship event but they didn't win the FedEx Cup yeah that happened somewhat frequently prior yeah. to the um, year Justin Rose won yeah well i mean because so tiger, tiger won that one tiger won but Justin Rose also won Shoffley won the 17 tour championship but Justin Thomas won the FedEx Cup um 16 was probably roars and roars 15 i don't think spieth won the tour championship he might have i don't really remember like that's what they're trying to they're trying to avoid that but again that's what like the problem is the fedex cup it's not that fucking important right and now that they're having like designated events and signature events and all that shit like what you what what it should really be is abolish the FedEx Cup, but you still have some type of ranking. You need something to determine eligibility. So whether it's points or money, I don't even know anymore. It's fucking stupid. Like shit's fucking nauseating because because golf yeah. is so needlessly complicated. It, like that's right. the thing that pisses me off is like it doesn't need to be this hard. Right. It could be. Go back to four playoff events. Have the Wyndham be the first one or whatever. I don't give a fuck. Right. Go back to four playoff events. And just eliminate people as you go. And then when you get to the tour championship, the winner of the tour championship is the winner of the tour championship. And then you don't have to worry about the stupid ass fucking FedEx Cup. And like not for nothing, FedEx already has an event. Like... This FedEx yeah. Cup fucks it all. Like I'm, it's 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 the FedEx Cup. It fucks it all up because yeah. you could just have the Tour Championship winner, and then you don't have to worry about that being a regular season award. You you were good enough in the regular season to get in, right? And then once you got in, you won. Like someone right. goes on a run, like it's fine, right? And then, but then again, at that rate, then the Tour Championships just another regular event, right? It, they can't i don't know this it sucks it, it's it sucks and it sucks to bet on it sucks to follow it like thank god scotty scheffler is a fucking choke from may through august yeah 
Because if he went out and actually did his job, this wouldn't be a fucking snooze fest. Right. Right. Because he would have had, you know, a two shot lead on Hovland. You know, no one should get run down like that. And he was out of it before he was even fucking in it. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was out of it on Thursday. Like crazy. It's crazy how fucking bad he played. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, still, ultimately, Hovland's playing the best right now. And look who's on top. Right. Right. Hovland has been. And Shoffley's the best, the best player. player at this course. Like, that's what we're looking at. Right. We're and... not looking at we're not looking at who had the best regular season because Scheffler and Rahm are nowhere to be found. Because we're this is also a rare moment uh when the two players that have the best stroke play are also one two on the field. Right. So yeah, usually that doesn't happen. Normally it doesn't happen in this event because of the staggered start. So um <laughs> without the starting strokes, Shoffley is 18 under and Hovland is 17 under. But obviously with the starting strokes, it puts Hovland at 25 under and Shoffley at 21 under. So like this these just, are the two guys stupid. playing the best this weekend, and they're the two guys that are in it. So I mean, say what you want, like, you know, Shoffley's gonna go out and shoot. 18 under plus or or better in a in, in the tournament and be like, well, it's kind of shitty that you know he could go out and shoot 19 under and lose by four strokes <laughs> to a guy that shot worse than him on the weekend, technically, right? Like like if Hovland yeah, shoots just... 17 under and Shoffley shoots 19 under, Shoffley can lo- actually lose to Hovland by three strokes because of the staggered start. I wonder if they did three or four events. It doesn't matter if it's three or four. And they just did cumulative, if that would be any better. So you still cut people. Oh, yeah. That would be interesting. Cumulative strokes on, like, uh, uh, cumulative strokes. I mean, they'll be under par, but yeah. So it'll be like, you know. So the winner, the winner could be like 52 under, right, by the end of the playoffs. Well, no, no. But you would still score it. Like, or I guess we would be like watching it live. Yes, but it would be a cumulative under par type thing. I don't know. Like, cause I mean, again, if we want to identify who's playing the best, that's the only way to do it. Right. Yeah. I mean, that actually kind of makes sense for the playoffs, right? Like a cumulative under par. Cause then at the end of the day, whoever is the lowest under par for all four events theoretically should win the tour championship yeah but then it gets goofy because it's like okay well if someone comes out and shoots 25 under in that first event and then someone you know normally would have won the next event at 10 under but it wasn't enough to run down the gap then who wins the second of like it's it it's a fucking gong show man like it just sucks One of my clients said, he goes, just take the 30. He goes, take the entire fucking prize pool, which I think it's 75 million for prize money and bonus money. He goes, winner take all. Just fucking let them duke it out. Everyone starts <laughs> with the same $75 million. Winner, winner take all. <laughs> That's pretty good. He, he goes, you want to fucking see like, because you'll find out who's the fucking best. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a pretty fucking solid way to look at it. He's been saying that for like three years, too. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah, you want to find out who's going to shit themselves and 
who's yeah. got fucking ice in their veins. Yep. $75 million on the line, winner take all. Imagine. And he says cash. He goes, none of that like deferred yeah. <laughs> or no bonus cash. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't even know. It would be like, it, it would, you know what? It would end up being someone like a Wyndham Clark, right? Like someone, because Shoffley's a bitch, right? Rory <clears throat> wouldn't be able to pull it off. Like it would be someone like that, right? Like a like a well, I think Wyndham Clark was the was the guy when he won the US Open. He was kind of like walking around telling everybody to fuck off, right? Like that was his like mentality. He was like, oh, I'm gonna fucking win this. Yeah, well, I don't know. I don't know what you do. Cause the other thing too is it's like because a lot what a lot of people are gonna look at, at least from this year, is they're gonna say, Well, Hovland right now is the best and he's the one who's winning. So it's like it they they'll look at it like it works. And I'm just like, it's fucking goofy. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost like a how often does it work? Right? <laughs> yeah, because I don't even know what happened like Roars last year. Yeah, Scheffler pissed himself again. Right. And Roars made a run. Right. I don't know. I don't know what to do about the starting stroke shit. I think Rory won in 19 too, which was also starting strokes. Yes. Yeah, he won who, who 16, 19, Kepka? and 22. Yeah, uh, 16, 19, 22. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, like I don't know who he would have had to run down in 19. Maybe Kepka. Kepka yeah. won the PGA. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But that could, you know what? It could have been. Yeah. One, one's hard. I was going to say, could it have been Shoffley? Because I think he won a few events that year, but probably yeah. not because Shoffley would have won because he always plays well here. I don't know. But yeah, I don't know how you fix this tournament. But I, listen, I think match play would be sick, but it's not. Match play is not going to get you what you want. And then <clears throat> when, you know, the first year they do it, Taylor Moore plays Lucas Glover in the final. It's like that fuck that's bombed. Like that absolutely bombed. Yeah, that that would be that would be a great way to have people not watch your fucking sport. Yep. <laughs> Wouldn't be great. Yeah. Um yeah, so in 2019 when Rory won, he beat Shoffley and Kepka. Justin Thomas was up there too. So he finished 18 under, Shoffley was 14, and then Kepka and JT were both 13. But he did also have the best score on the weekend. So it looks like Bruce was in first place. So Rory, Rory shot 267. Shoffley was 270. Bruce was 274. So Rory did play the best over the course of the weekend. Yeah, again, I don't know what you do. Yeah. I don't really care. I don't know. Because the other thing, too, is it's like a lot of people are like, oh, well, they should bring back the Boston event. And they they want to play on Labor Day. I'm like, you guys don't get this. They want to be done by Labor Day. They it doesn't don't want to compete with the NFL. But the NFL is done by Labor Day, but there's no Labor Day weekend. People are doing shit. 
Right, right. People aren't going to watch your sport. And also, given the choice, people are going to watch football instead of golf. Yeah. So, I don't know what you do here. Doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, the golf season is wicked fucking long anyway, which is kind of like, kind of stupid in and of itself. And I know, I think they're getting, they're trying to get rid of the wraparound season. I think they already did. I don't know what's happening in the fall. Dude, again, golf well, I think is it's so gonna start, fucking needlessly It's supposed to start in 2024. So 2024, yeah, it, there's no wraparound is it, season. Is it calendar year 2024 or is it season 2024? Um, because theoretically, the 2024 season used to start in four days. Right. So this no. is what I mean is golf is needlessly complicated. So now so you it's calendar calendar year 24. I'm I'm pretty sure. So what because so this this fall they events? still have the regular events like the the CJ Cup and the Zozo and the so fucking the 20, Houston Open. So the 2024 season starts uh, Yeah, like in 2 it, weeks. Is it still <laughs> It used to be September 14th. Yeah. Yeah. So literally like that's, two weeks. That's the Ford, the Fortinet. Yeah. So they're keeping all those this year, but in calendar year 24, they're not doing any of that. They're, they're axing all of it. And I think they're going to plug in some of the, um, the TGR stuff and some T they might try and do some team events. There were some rumors that I saw. Yeah, I remember hearing then, that. That was supposed to be like with the merge or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So, because they're they're moving the Houston Open from like November to March or something like that. They're shifting the schedule. So after I need next to pull. Season. I'm trying to do this on the fly. But I'm reading an article right now on PGATour.com that says 2024 regular season returns to a calendar year schedule for the first time since 2012. The fall portion of 2024 finalizes the 125 for the 25 season. The 2024 regular season begins in January. But there's still like fucking eight events. Why? Why does this have to be so fucking hard? I have no idea. Why the fuck is this, is this so difficult? I actually fucking watch and follow golf, and I can't figure this shit out. <laughs> yeah, I can't even imagine. What the like, fuck the are casual... they playing? What the fuck are they playing the Fortinet for? Am I fucking missing something? Potentially. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, I don't know. You find anything else from there? No, it doesn't tell because I, I, I just need to know what these seven events do. Yeah, like, I'm what's not, the point? And, and I'm not going to find out. Because I think, is the Zozo back in Japan now, finally? Um... I don't even know. 
the Fortinet, the Sanderson, the Shriners, the Zozo, Narashino. Yeah, it looks like it's back in Japan. The WWT, Worldwide Technologies. That looks like it's in Mexico. Bermuda, the RSM. So why the fuck are they playing these events? Like, what do they do? This is so annoying. <laughs> this is so annoying. Yeah, I have no idea. But I'm pretty sure they don't they're not going to exist in calendar year 24. No, probably not. So I don't know what they're doing in 23 what their purpose is no clue this makes no fucking sense unless there was a typo in that article and like the person that was writing it was even fucking confused I don't know man because even on ESPN it says for the 22-23 season Current tournament is the tour championship. Scheduled tournaments is all this shit in the fall. And then completed tournaments go back to last year's Fortinet and all the shit in the fall. Yeah. But the tour, uh, why? The tour, the tour championship's over. It's going to be over, but the season still goes. These people, needlessly complicated. Yes. <laughs> I would I would agree. fucking complicated. I would two, agree. Two falls in one season over two. Uh, this is fucking dumb. I'm getting pissed. <laughs> All right. Well, stepping away from golf then before you get too pissed. Um, do we have a winner yet? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hovland has a five shot lead on the 18th. So Victor Hovland is going to win the, uh, yeah, the tour I, championship. I, I put I put the women's event on because the girl from Rockland's in first. Um, okay, so stepping away from the golf, uh, some kind of interesting and like mildly disturbing news. Um, I saw this the other day on the like the Roka news that I that I follow. Uh, a group of scientists have created a way they call it a brain chip but it's not it's not an in the brain chip it's like this like headset thing that you put on that reads your brain activity and they've figured out a way to set it so it can actually read your mind and read your thoughts which to me is fucking terrifying right so um the team of of researchers was from the University of Texas and they they used this like headset thing in combination with AI to decipher people's thoughts. So for one example, um, they gave one of the patients in the study something to read and to think about. And the the actual thing he was supposed to think about was look for a message from my wife saying that she had changed her mind and that she was coming back. What the AI pulled from the brain chip was to see her, 
I thought she would come to me and say she misses me. So like, obviously not quite exact, but like pretty fucking similar, right? Like if this dude was thinking about, look for a message from my wife saying she changed her mind and she was coming back. The AI was like, to see her, I thought she would come to me and say she misses me. Like those are pretty fucking close, right? Again, not exact, but AI is still pretty new. And like this brain reading technology is pretty new. And this is also, again, an outside the brain thing. It's like a headset that you play. It looks like a like a modified like Xbox headset that you might wear um, that sits on your head and reads your brain waves. Um, kind of fucking wild. And then in a different study that's similar by University of Cal Berkeley, they had people listen to a Pink Floyd song and their computer system and AI was able to recreate the song from the brainwaves themselves of the person listening to Pink Floyd. And they said that, again, the translation wasn't perfect, but it was able to capture the song's basic sound and rhythm, where if you listen to it, you'd be like, oh, this is a Pink Floyd song. Where like, it's not, it's not exact, right? Like it's not fucking David Gilmore on the guitar playing whatever, but you can tell by the rhythm and the sound that it was a Pink Floyd song. So I don't know. This is kind of fucking, uh, this is kind of terrifying to me that they have these devices now that they can pair with AI and literally read your mind. What it, I guess you have to, you have to speculate what's the intended use of this stuff like that's my like my first thing i would like, imagine what, um like what is this supposed to accomplish that, that's what i'm struggling with is what is this supposed to accomplish so i think maybe up front the benefit would be to someone potentially that's like immobilized for whatever reason or like can't talk maybe if you had a stroke okay or well, that seems like, a or I think like if you had ALS, right? Or is that that is that what um what's his face had Stephen Hawking? I think he had ALS. Yeah, That's I don't know because he basically talked through a computer, right? So right, I think it's kind of along those lines, right? That would be. Yeah. So I mean, I guess so for people like I guess because what I'm trying to wrap my head around is for people who are of sound mind and body. I just don't get it. Like, what does it do? Because you need to like voluntarily put this thing on. Yeah. It's not like I put it on my head and then read your mind. Right. Right. So it's, yeah, I don't, I don't understand. Like, I don't understand what purpose it serves unless for those that cannot speak. Yeah. I think that's what it's for. Like the people that either from whatever. Kind whatever like neurological disorder yeah yeah and that's so that's what i mean like yes up front right now like it is a good thing but i could very easily see it opening pandora's box yeah but again until it goes the other way where it's i get like until if i wear something and i can read your mind yeah but if you are wearing it i can read your mind yeah but then i'm wearing it 
Am I fucking right, missing what, something here? But what happens when it becomes something that you don't wear? What happens when it becomes an implant? Right, like like right now um, it's ex, right now it's external. It's a headset that you have to put on. But what happens when it becomes something that they like permanently install in your brain? Well, I ain't letting anyone get into my brain. Not me. Well, <laughs> maybe somebody else. Don't you? Doesn't your brain need to fucking function to fucking make this shit work? Apparently not. That's true because most people are idiots. It works for say. Stephen Hawking. Yeah, I don't know. I'm also, I'm not really going to get worked up because this thing is so in its infant stage. So not only do they need to figure it out because it's not perfect. And it's if you're going to use it, it's got to be better than that. Because even right. the example, a lot of people look at it like, oh, that's kind of remarkable. It was able to do that. And I look at it and I'm like, yeah, I kind of agree with you, but like that AI sound like that didn't fucking make any sense. Like, right. That's not clear. It's not like if you want to say it's impressive because it's like, you know, in its infancy, look what it was able to do. I'm like, yeah, but that wasn't a coherent thought. Right. It's almost like when someone's trying to learn English or any other language for that matter, and they're like trying to piece together the words. So it's like the idea is kind of there, but like what they're saying really isn't. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. You know what they're saying, but they're not saying it correctly. Right. And and it's like, you know, the idea is it's like what like the old days of Google Translate, where it was like it would literally translate word by word by word by word. Yeah, that's kind of what it feels like where. You know, if you would normally say like, I, I want to go to the park um, tomorrow after dinner. And then, you know, when you put it into Google Translate back in the day, it used to be like, after dinner park, I, uh, I go, I venture, participate, go in. And it's like, how, how did that happen? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's kind of what it feels like because, but again, so it's like, we're just so far away from not only, so not only does it have to be good, like the technology has got to be good. Then they got to figure out how to make it into a a literal chip. Right. And then they got to figure out how to get that chip into people's brains. Well, I mean, that part they already kind of have through Neuralink. So obviously not the, the UT people or the Cal Berkeley people, but Neuralink is a company that exists. Elon Musk is the CEO. They have the technology to implant a chip into people's brains. But it's still voluntary at this point. Yes. And so- their main function for Neuralink, at least to start, is to um, re- like bring back or like restore things that were lost, right? Like they want right. to implant a chip and be able to restore limb movement to a paraplegic or return eyesight to someone who's blind or, you know, like they want to do or return hearing to someone who's deaf. Like they want to be able to do restore. It's a restorative purposes at first with Neuralink. Um, And then after that, they're going to run wild and probably do all kinds of other shit with it. Yeah. So, I mean, you can call me a stupid fuck. That's fine. I'll call myself that. (laughs) I just, I personally and genuinely feel like at like right now, which this is all we can do. Cause I know. So what some people are going to do, they're going to be like, look at that. We're all going to have chips in our brains by fucking 2033. And it's like, no, we're not. 
we are a long way away. Yeah. And actually, in the short term, now I don't know what the short term is. I don't know if it's 25 years. I don't know if it's 50 years. But like, you know, because short term for some people, they think fucking tomorrow. But, you know, 400 years, that's a long time. And even then, we did the math. It's not that long. It's um, not that long. <laughs> so in the short term, I think it would actually do more good than bad. Or it'll do more good than conspiracy. Yeah, I mean, I'm interested to see how it progresses too, right? Because if you think about in the the, the vein of something like a Neuralink, you know, say... 50 years from now, right? It, when when the technology gets so good that they're talking about like, you know, actually implanting it in multiple different people, you know, we'll be in our 80s. Like if I'm 84 years old and there's a chip that's been around for 30, 40 years that other people have implanted, and I know that it can increase my uh, neural function, right? Because you know, obviously, when you get older, your your neural function decreases, and it's like you put this chip in, and it will boost your your, your neurons, you know, firing to a level of how you when you were like fifty, right? So, like, I don't know, I might think about doing that because why do I want to be old and fucking decrepit? When, if I have something implanted in my brain that we're talking about 50 years from now, theoretically, the technology is safe and it's already been in, in use for like at least 30 years, right? Like if if we're show up in 20, though, if we're 20 years away from it becoming a mainstream thing, then 30 years from then, like I said, you put me at 84, 85 years old, and then it has the capability of of boosting my neural signal or my neural pathways and signaling and everything to like when I was 50, I might think about doing that. Yeah. I mean, like, that's the thing for me. If it's quality of life, we'll talk. But if it's like, Oh, well, we'll be able to communicate with you in case something happens. It's like, no, no, just fucking pull the plug. Yeah. Yeah. Put that in writing now. Right. But yes, if you if if you can improve and extend quality of life, yeah, sure, I'm open to it. Right, I'm not gonna be the first. Well, yeah, exactly. But yeah, and I already know what some people are gonna be thinking in their fucking bunker is like, well, oh, see, mind control's coming. Yeah, <laughs> it's coming. But that's well, also why well, I, I mind control. I put the stipulation of like I'm in my 80s at this point, right? Because yeah, it's like, what the fuck what do am I, I going to do? I mean, you know, I'm 85 years old. At best, I have another like 15 years to live, right? Like at the absolute best. So, like, okay, put a fucking chip in my brain, and if it kills me, whatever. I was only going to live for a few more years anyway. <laughs> yeah, you know I mean, like. But I wouldn't do it now, right? Like if I were, if if we took us now, like if I was a 31-year-old in, I don't know, what's 50 years from now, in 2085, like, or 2075, like, I wouldn't do it. And again, that's me. That's me, someone who grew up 
about it in the 1990s technically if we're talking about 2075 someone who grew up almost a hundred years prior with my knowledge and my life experience if you will who knows you know the people that are born in 2050 what their thought process might be in 2075 or 2080 about being you know 30 years old and getting a brain chip implant they might be like oh yeah no it's totally normal yeah, this is, of course, why wouldn't I? Yeah, why wouldn't I do it? Yeah, they might look at it like, well, yeah, of course, why wouldn't I have a smartphone? Like, right. what do you, you still have a flip phone? Like, how do you do anything? How do you go yeah. on Instagram? Like, why? how do you not have a smartphone? Right, like, it doesn't necessarily need to be an iPhone, right? Like, it could be Android, right? Like, any smartphone. But if you see someone with a, with a flip phone, it's like, what are you doing? Is that a burner? <laughs> Like, how do you do anything? But again, that's someone that grew up most likely in the 60s and the 70s when you had a fucking cord connected to the phone and you had the the, the rotary dial, right? You had to like pull, wait for it to go back. And they look at it like, why would I need a smartphone? Like when I yeah. grew up, we had a phone with a three foot cord. So you had to stay within three foot, three feet of the wall and dial the rotary he goes this is good enough right like that's a very reasonable argument someone could make you should see what these kids say when i tell them that i didn't know anybody in high school that had an iphone yeah because they they were brand new when we were in high school yeah, my junior year yeah yeah 2007 yep yeah so i mean i think that technically that was your senior year what the fall of 07? Yeah. Well, when did the iPhone come out? Did it come out in the spring or the fall? I think they came out in the fall because the, the iPhone always does their releases in September. Then, yeah, then would have been my senior year. Yeah. Because I was, because I obviously I was still in high school. I was a sophomore. And even though the iPhone came out when I was a sophomore, I didn't get an iPhone until I went to college. Yeah. Still haven't got one. <laughs> so uh do you want to wrap this up so about we that, can wrap this almost up almost that time we got to do two of these things yeah we got to do two of them um so i read a book with my ears over this week nice. uh audio audio book called the match by Mark Frost. And I'm sure there's some other words. It, whatever. It's the match. Mark Frost. Look it up. Uh, it is a golf book. So if you have no interest in golf, um, probably not the book for you. Um, but it stems from Eddie Lowry, who some may not remember as remember as if you were fucking there. <laughs> some may know him as uh francis wimet's 10 year old caddy in 1913 so eddie lowry and some other rich dukes eventually eddie lowry went on to like own a car dealership and bunch of other shit like so him and some rich dude obviously doing what rich fucking people do fucking running their mouths and eddie lowry's running his mouth like i got these two amateurs and no one can beat them the the two of them on a team no one can beat them <laughs> And the other guy is like George Coleman. And he's like, no one, anyone? He goes, if I find anybody, put him on anyone. You can find anybody. 
like, oh, you want to put your money where your mouth is? And it's like, it's like that shit. Yeah. Yeah. So it's he's so Eddie Lowry's got the two AMs, uh, Kenny Venturi and Harvey Ward. Kenny eventually went on to turn pro and win a major and whatever. Um, and he was uh, he was on CBS for a million years. So again, anyone, including pros, anybody, any uh, anyone, anyone, take anyone. So George Coleman grabs Ben Hogan and Byron Nelson, puts them on a team. This is 1956 too. Yeah. So it so the match ends up being the two AMs against the two pros. They play at Cypress Point uh, in 1956. So one, so you have the match going throughout the book, but you also have times where they like go back into Byron Nelson's early years, go back to Ben Hogan's early years. Like they do like a profile on all the guys too. Um, so I mean, it's fairly interesting. I don't know. I don't know if I would like reading it. Obviously, I didn't read it. I listened to it. Right. Um, if you don't like the timelines jumping back and forth, I guess that could fuck with you. Um, because I mean that that for sure ha- again because it starts out like the match, but then it like goes into the background of like part Bing Crosby because you know he held the Pebble Beach Pro Am and that's why they're there in the first place. Like it's all types of shit like that. Right. Um. So I mean, if you're a person that does audiobooks, it's probably worth listening to if you like golf. I mean, if you don't know who any of these people are, it does a pretty good job of profiling them so you can figure it out. And if you have a clue who they are, did actually find out that they're a lot fucking better than you ever thought they were. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was also like interesting, just like golf way back then. It's just like it's so funny. Like the amateur game versus the pro game and how it's like amateurs were respected and pros fucking weren't. <laughs> but until like Hogan and Nelson started winning everything, then they started getting some respect. Right. And then it's like, because you had some stars and Bobby Jones has retired and like, they actually started earning some money, like getting some TV deals, like, kind of the start of like where professional because it was like right at the crossroads mm-hmm. of where like amateur and pro because harvey ward was like one of the better amateurs at the time well i mean him and kenny but um harvey ward like never intended on turning pro and like that was like the last kind of guy that was that good that kind of had that attitude because after that then like all these guys go pro because the next the next wave is nicholas and palmer right and, you know, Jack turned pro at like 20, 21, like maybe 22, right when he finished school. Like, I don't really, I, I don't even really know when. Yeah. Yeah. And then after that, it's like the wheels fell off and there hasn't been like an am or like the amateur game itself, just a feeding. It's just a feeder right. system. It's a farm league. Right, right, right. Like there's no career am that could go toe to toe with the pros and sit there and go. Nah, I'm good. I'm just not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they make too much money now. That, 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 that's what it comes down to. They make too much money now. Yeah, because you'd be no... stupid to stay at AM. Right. There's no, and there's, I don't even know how good of a financial guy you'd have to be to be so good at golf and so wealthy that you don't need to turn pro to earn money. Right. 
And it's not like in 1930, whatever, when like you could start a bank or you could start like a financial, like no one can do that now. Everything's too established. Right, right. And it's like, oh, would you rather go to Fidelity, JP Morgan, or would you rather go to uh, Jared Mello's Center for Finance? Yeah. <laughs> Probably go to one of the other two guys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. but he's really, really good at golf. Probably go to one of the other two guys. There's, yeah. there's a reputation there. Right, right, right. So I uh, would recommend, I don't even know what the book costs. Like Michaela has an Audible uh, thing. I don't know if you do. So I just use yeah. one of her credits. Do they give you yeah. a credit a month and then you can buy them if you want them? Yeah, I think I I think I it's like 18 bucks a month or something like that. I don't know. I just asked her, could I I so it was when I was driving fucking an hour and a half to Great Horse. Yeah. I asked her if I could use her credit for August. Yeah. Yeah, they actually just charged me. I gotta uh I gotta I got a free credit, but I gotta pause it because I don't have other books that I want to listen to right now. So well, you could you could listen to the match. I could. That's what I might use my credit on, but I there just got go. for August. There you go. Um all right. So my final thought, uh, I think is a funny one. Um an old biblical disease has returned to Florida of all places. Uh and it's leprosy. So people's body parts and shit falling off. Yeah, yeah. So leprosy is back. Uh apparently the case the cases have spiked in they they're saying central Florida. Um let me see if I can find quickly how many there have been. It doesn't say. It doesn't give me how many there have been in Florida, but in 2020, there were 159 cases of leprosy across the country. So um, there's been a ton in Florida just over this year alone. Again, I don't I don't know the number, but a ton could be, you know. Uh, oh, 81 percent. That's how many. <laughs> so the the le- the the newsletter says that Central Florida accounted for eighty one percent of cases in Florida and nearly one out of five leprosy cases nationwide. So twenty percent of all of the uh, cases in the country come from Central Florida. Do they have a wet market there? Yeah, I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> but but the the best part about it is. I'm like reading about this and it says, you know, leprosy is caused by the bacteria Mycobacterium leprae, which attacks nerves under the skin. The best part, my favorite part, scientists aren't completely sure of how it spreads, but most believe that it's transmitted via droplets when an infected person coughs and sneezes. Uh, Its telltale symptoms include lesions and rashes that are numb or lack of sensation because of the involvement of the nerves. So uh, nine-banded armadillos in the southeastern United States also carry the bacteria. So they say that um, a lot of people that get it, get it from armadillos, from like handling armadillos. Um, 
But the disease is also not transmitted through casual contact, like shaking hands or sitting next to someone. Instead, spread requires prolonged close contact with someone who has been untreated leprosy over many months. (laughs) And another funny part to me, roughly for anyone out there that's freaking out about, oh my God, I have a trip to fucking Disney coming up, which is Central Florida, right? Orlando is Central Florida. What am I going to do? Well, first of all, stay away from armadillos. Yeah, don't, don't, yeah, stay away from the armadillos and don't make out with anyone who has a bunch of fucking rashes on their arms. Yeah, and second of all, uh, roughly 95% of all people aren't susceptible to the infection in the first place because their immune systems are genetically programmed to resist it. As a result, leprosy is a rare disease in the, in the United States. Historically, most cases of leprosy in the U.S. affect people who travel to countries with high rates of disease or who are exposed to arm, armadillos that carry the, the disease. These fucking armadillos just keep showing up, huh? So just reading through this, right? It's like this is a biblical disease, right? We know this has been around for at least 2,000 years, right? But scientists have no idea how it's spread. They're like, yeah, it could be coughing, but it's got to be like prolonged over a long time. Or you could just touch an armadillo, but like 95% of people are immune to it anyway. All right. Don't have sex with armadillos. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Got it. But it's like, what, how are we this all over the place with the disease that we've been living with and amongst for over 2000 years? Because Florida. No, no, no. Like this is scientists in general. Scientists do not know exactly how it's spread. Oh. And like all the details. Like leprosy has been around, like I said, for over 2,000 years. And we haven't yeah, been able it went to figure away. it out. Well, it's never really totally gone away. Yeah, but it hasn't been an issue. It's just rare. That would be like fucking like doing like heavy, heavy research on like the fucking plague. It's like it yeah, ain't well, 13 fucking 25 anymore. Because you figure if there's a if there's 160 cases yearly in the United States and 20% of that is in Florida, what is that? Half would 32. be yeah, half would be 80, and half of that is 40. So like, yeah, maybe 35 between 30 and somewhere between 30 and 40 cases come from Florida. So like there's is there like 20 million people that live in Florida like 35 people out of 20 million you know what I mean like it's not that many not a real thing yeah it's pretty rare but um i just think it's funny that it's like back in the news and people are making it seem like oh florida is a hotbed for leprosy so it's like it is well yeah 35 people out of 20 million, right? Yeah, 21.5 million people live in the state of Florida. What is that point like nothing percent? Yeah, I have no idea. 35 divided by 21 and a half million. That's oh my god. That's point zero 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 one six. Yep, leprosy's back. Don't yeah. call it a comeback. Yeah. And obviously, take a guess of where that article was from that I saw it. Oh, I'm not. 
I, I have no idea. New York C- Times? CNN. Oh, okay. So, yeah, C- CNN trying to say that Anything Florida. Anything to shit on. That's the thing yeah. is, like, they're, like, looking for material to shit on Florida with. It's not that hard. Yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, I, I think it's I just thought the whole thing was funny, right? That, one, it's leprosy. Two, scientists have no idea how it even fucking spreads other than armadillos. And uh, I do three, love the armadillo angle. The 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 article is written in such a way that makes it seem like this is a legitimate issue when it's 35, 35 people in Florida were diagnosed with leprosy. Thirty five. In the entire fucking state. Very so, good. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Chuckles all around on that one. Um, all right. Well. That is going to do it for us uh, for this episode uh, in the real world, our current time. We're going to be back in like five minutes. Um, I'm going to go make my noon brew for the second episode. I don't have it this episode, but I will for the next one. Shout out to noon brew. Uh, You can use the promo code that is in the show notes below to get uh, 10% off your order every single time you check out over there. Uh, On top of that, we also have uh, mybookie.com that you can use the promo code SarcasmPod uh, to double your first deposit up to a thousand bucks, as well as the IcePod company. Uh, so you can go to theicepod.com, use the promo code below in the show notes, like I said before for for noon brew, noon brew, and uh, you'll get ten bucks off your purchase over at uh, the Ice IcePod. Um. So you can get us on Instagram at Sarcasm Speaks Pod. We're on Twitter at Sarcasm underscore Speaks. Uh, Facebook is Sarcasm Speaks. Website, SarcasmSpeaks.com. Don't forget, if you're on YouTube, if you're watching us right now, click the subscribe button up top. Uh, we're inching ever so closer to 100 subscriptions. Um, so keep subscribing. Keep telling everybody you know about the show. And then also tell them to subscribe as well. And while you're at it and while you're clicking buttons, you can go ahead and click the like button below. Because uh, that'll help other people find the show organically. Uh, the more you know, likes and comments and subscriptions and things we get, the more the algorithm at YouTube is gonna pump our videos out there. So help us out uh, by liking and sharing and subscribing and commenting and all of those fun things. Um, if you're an audio only guy, you can also subscribe, right? And uh, if you use Spotify or iTunes, you can you can leave a review and five stars. And I think that's it. So until next time, for you guys in a couple of days and uh, a couple of minutes for us, uh, good night, everybody. 